Hi, and welcome to She's the Boss Chats. I'm your host, Jules Brooke, and in the show, I interview amazing women and female founders about what it is that they're doing and why they're doing it. It's all about us lifting up the women around us. Joanna Downer, I am delighted to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. My pleasure. It's great to be here and talking to you today. Oh, well, I'm really itching to hear all about Kittle and what you're up to and all the rest of it. So let's get started with tell everybody what it is that you do and then I'm going to say why do you do it, which is a nice big broad question. But let's start with what are you doing these days? Okay, so I, together with my two co-founders, we have uh, created a job, flexible job matching platform. And um, more recently, we've been described as uh, the Tinder for jobs, which is is, um, something that kind of seems to have stuck at the moment. And essentially, we try and match um, small, medium businesses with the talent that are around them that perhaps they um, aren't able to see for, you know, flexible jobs in companies. Um, I and just kind love of, it. Yeah, based on skills, location, and availability. So that's the premise. So why? What, what's your big why? why? Oh, and then how I'm many gonna, got? And before you go <laughs> um, and explain, I'm then going to ask you about the light bulb moment, and then to tell me how you got there. So don't give me away all your secrets don't give in the everything. first question. The why? <laughs> because I think that there's. That's such a great opportunity and now more than ever, you know, we were already doing, um, you know, on this on this journey with this platform and, and felt that there, you know, within communities there was a combination of small to medium businesses but also great talent and there were opportunities, job opportunities between the two and it was just a matter of connecting the dots. And But now more than ever I think that there are so many things going on in the world that makes this relevant. Yes. Um, off the back of COVID, you know, businesses trying to rebuild, um, but they, you know, they want to invest in the right things, but in an agile capacity at the same time, there are great people that, you know, maybe have moved outside of metro hubs because they realize that, you know, flexible remote work can be elsewhere. And there's more and more of those, I think, according to the stats post COVID, everyone's got, if I'm locked down again, I don't want to be stuck in Melbourne. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I live just South of Sydney and, um, my husband and I moved down here with our two kids two years ago. So we were, we had already kind of made that transition and cause I can work from anywhere with the business. And my husband um, was quite, you know, he works with, for one of the big four banks and he had flexibility in, in terms of, um, you know, his work. So we'd already made the move. So it was very much top of mind already for us about this E change, you know, we've had tree change and C change and now there's E change. Oh, so, I love it. A new phrase. Yeah, buzzword. Oh, yeah. So now, you know, so now with COVID there's, never been a better time to work and hire this way. Absolutely. And I have to say for a lot of the women who would be uh, listening and me have, running your own business, you, I, I have almost exclusively used contractors all yeah. the way through because you just can't commit to, you know, until you get to a certain level, you can't commit to a full-time salary, but you mm-hmm. need their expertise and they can help you get to the state. You know, you can grow enough to employ them later. Uh, but also that horrible thing of picking the wrong person you know, and, and you just, yeah. you don't want to have to go through it all and then fire no. them or whatever. It's just no. great to be able to try them and see what they're like. And small businesses, you know, who, which is primarily the market that, that we love working with because, yeah. you know, they don't have huge hiring budgets. As you say, they, they want to, you know, hire in an agile capacity and yes. they don't have, they don't have a lot of room for error. 
and they they grow in kind of brick this brick by brick um, fashion. So the overhead of taking on somebody, we wanted to make it really approachable. Yeah. Um, easy to find someone, affordable to hire them, and kind of take away all of the, the headaches of yeah. You know, and then the other thing, of course, is that there are amazing people out there that can't commit to a full time. Um, job anymore, you know, for whatever reason. And so you might get somebody who is, you know, incredibly experienced. I mean, I've got this big thing that I've discovered out of COVID, which is stop thinking about by employing juniors and start employing people that really know their shit and get yeah. them for less time. And it'll be, yeah. and you're not going to have to train them up and do whatever. They'll come up with ideas that you possibly wouldn't have thought of. It's, it's a, it's, it's a beautiful a model. Yeah, it is. So yeah. was there a light bulb moment at, was there something that happened that made you go, right, I'm going to set this up? Definitely. So I started the business on my own and it was a really um, a culmination of a few different things that from my life, which is, you know, so many founders and entrepreneurs kind of, you know, from, from your own experiences or pain points. And it was a combination of having worked as a freelancer and there was that, that fear of finding your next gig. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you, then you'd find a gig and you were head down in that and then you'd get to the end of it and think, oh, my gosh, what next? Yeah. So it's about having that steady pipeline of work um, so, and and not having to do the hustle, like not have to, you know, continually kind of, Put yourself you know, out there. Keep, exactly. Yeah. So have a profile that works for you. Um, and then uh, I had also had a small business when my children were young and that was an, a, a business that I worked quite closely with Uber and I think that was when they very first came to Australia. And was it something really, baby seats? No, it was about hire cars. So we had seven oh, hire cars in oh, our right. business and it was very – and I was an event producer before, so really different thing, but I wanted to run a business when the kids were little and but obviously not work in the business but manage the business. And we were one of the first um, kind of – partners that went onto the Uber platform with a number of cars and drivers. Right. And it was really interesting to watch them, how they grew their marketplace. You know, how did they, you know, grow geographically? How did they seed the supply and then, you know, attract the demand and, and so forth. So that was kind of the second piece of the puzzle, which is around marketplaces and how do they grow? Um, and then the third piece was, I guess I had a fantastic job working with Babyology. Um, oh, Mandy Grinsberger. <laughs> yeah. So it was really interesting to me how the whole of Mandy's team um, at the time were all remote and there was this fantastic caliber of, um, and you know, predominantly women and we would all jump on the platform, you know, we'd drop the kids at school, then we'd jump on the on our, you know, um, digital kind of platforms and we'd get the work done and then, you know, we'd head down tail up for this, you know, really solid bunch of the day, a block of the day, and then we'd all go and pick our kids up. Yeah, and beautiful. we got so much achieved and it really worked. So it was like freelancer looking for your next gig, marketplaces, and then this, this you know, kind of remote team and the caliber of talent available. So then when the kids started, my kids started school, I kept meeting, you know, fantastic parents or and, and mainly women again that were saying the same things. Now that my kid's at school, you know, I want to start working again. I've had this great career. How do I make it fit for me? Yeah. And at the same time in the same community, there were small business owners that were saying, oh, I really need help with marketing or I really need, you know, some sales support, but I just don't want to take on the overhead of someone full time. And I was kind of like, where's the tech matching bit in the middle? Yeah, so, right. And, yeah, yeah. And then you went, oh, no, what? <laughs> yes, I'll go and make it. Yeah. Okay. So you've alluded to an interesting career in, in um, events as well. Let me take you back to when Joanna was at school. Mm. What did you want to be when you grew up? Grew up Because I'm guessing it wasn't that I want to run um, a, a 
uh, an online platform business matchmaking, but also has it all evolved. So can you start there and take me through? So I think um, my my parents were both have both done entrepreneurial things, but I wouldn't have ever thought of myself as an entrepreneur. I I didn't ever, you know, my husband was probably more the person that would have business ideas than I would. Um, And what did your parents do? I said, Dad had his own business. He's an architect, and he's still going. And my mother started a water tech business, which kind of um, (laughs) decalcifies um, hard water areas using this technology. So she went from teaching to that. So I guess, I guess you know, I've seen people do amazing things. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. And then, um, yeah. So then, I guess at high school, I didn't really know what I wanted to do when I finished, but I started an economics degree and absolutely wasn't the right thing for me took a took a bit of a time off and then um thought I'd try out for tourism at UTS and got into leisure management which was a bit of a segue and that that kind of was events and um you know tourism and hospitality and so forth and I really liked the event side of it what made you make the choice for that coming out of economics though yeah well, I think <laughs> that, that's I don't a know. quite a different one tourism yeah, from economics that- I think that I had um, economics I found really dry. I enjoyed it at <laughs> high school, but I just was like, and then I also liked geography, but I thought, what am I going to be? I don't know what I would ever be as a career. So um, I liked the idea of event management. I, I think it was, um, you know, an interest in so that, that kind of industry. So that was already there in the back of your mind when yeah. you started snooping around. Okay. Yeah. So then I started, I did um, that degree and started off in, um, you know, the music industry and, you know, worked in LA for a while with, a, you know, a company. And, oh, and hang on, on a- hang on, hang on. So you worked, <laughs> what was the job Just- in the music industry? Who were you working for and how in heaven's name did you get to LA? <laughs> So I was working for a company um, that was called Cool Change International, and they were part. They were working with. Um, they were like an artist management company as oh, well. Very cool. And then they decided to do a music project around the Olympics time, right. and I happened to be. It was a very very small team, and then they said, "All right, one of the partners will go and set up in you know the states." And then um, you know eventually the time came that it was crunch time. We were recording videos and meeting celebrities, and um, you know doing all kinds of things in LA and. They I said, all right, we need people over here now. Everybody come over. And, and so I lived there for about four months, I think. Oh, how awesome. And can you name drop any celebs you met? Yeah. So, I mean, it's funny because uh, you know, <laughs> I, I talk I about this with my kids and they'll be like, who? Yeah, and it was no, like, tell you know, me, I'll know them. Hugh, Hugh Gooding Jr. and Ooh, Jeff Bridges. And we had, um, you know, I guess Dean Kane and people off Melrose Place. And, you know, and then oh, we wow. met with the, with the Jackson family and Michael Jackson. No, I met with him. get yeah. out of town. You met Michael Jackson. No, that's my claim to fame. That but, was going to be my, I was saving that to your end. <laughs> fact. And, oh, my God, Michael Jackson. So what was he like? Did he, he say anything? Yeah, I mean, he I'm did. assuming he, he was very quiet. He did. He, he was very quiet. He actually came to visit um, the team behind the project, so he came to our house and uh, where Whoa. we were staying in Woodland Hills. It was very surreal, very surreal. Yeah. But, um, did he yeah, turn up with was, full makeup and one glove? He had a black black suit shot through with a pinstripe silver, big aviator glasses, and yeah. um, he didn't say very much at all. But, you know, you had to go through a number of layers to get to him. Like we had Corey Feldman in our house, you know, where we oh, were staying. and Corey you know, Feldman. I, know. I, I feel a, for him. He's so lost, isn't he? He really was. Yeah. But, yeah, so that's probably the, you wow. know, the, the interesting. And from okay. there, kind of 
went to corporate. Okay. So what, how did that work? So you <laughs> take me back from LA. So you did your four months, came back. Yeah, Still, so then, was that kind of like everything else is going to go downhill from here because I've had all this amazing time in LA. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think that um, it was just time to kind of, I don't know, build my career, I guess. And okay. so I went into more into corporate events, you know, product launches and, you know, conferences and things like that. And then when I went, um, my husband or, you know, partner at the time, we decided to go traveling overseas and that kind of made sense to have that corporate experience. So then lived in London for a while. Oh, how long did you live in London and where did you live? We were there for about four years and we lived in Clapham. I did and... four years in Brixton. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> Not far away. Yeah. yeah was, and so I think that was, that, that was the freelance period. And I worked with agencies but also worked with um, – I worked at Barclays for a while and um, so kind of, you were know, you saw how – Were you working with that market, market partners or something? I can't remember what the name of that company was that I freelanced with but they <sighs> would just send you – I yeah, ended up gosh. at Coots Bank. You did Barclays, I did Coots. Yeah, yeah. But, you no. know, just sort of strange jobs where they where I yeah. was filling in maternity leave and the other thing they did is if a company was pitching for a big client they would bring you in as part of the team for the pitch and if they lost <laughs> if they lost they could you get didn't rid get of gig. you yeah, and, yeah. If, and if they won then they had that team immediately which I thought made so much sense yeah no I can't remember the name of the I can remember the, la- the la- name of the, the recruiter that got me all these fantastic jobs but um I can't remember the name of her agency off the top of my head but That's right. I really yeah no I I did some amazing things and travelled all around the UK and to Germany. and That's one of the know. lovely things over there, isn't it, that you're so yeah. connected with Europe that if your client's in Italy, you just fly over there for Off you go. meetings. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was brilliant. It was such a great chapter. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, after that, what came next? So so then um, well, hang we on, you, were. So you and your hubby went to Europe. That's right. And yeah. what brought you back? Travelled and uh, family. So we, I was pregnant. We were getting, um, we had plans to get married and um, start a family. And so we were always going to come back to um, Australia yeah. and that was the right time. And then came home and, um, yeah, had two children and um, got married, had two children. And then that's the period when we had um, small business. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then, you know, learnt, learnt a lot about running business and um, you know, managing business and, you know, the cash flow and the ups and downs and, and all those pain points. And then, you know, but working alongside, I mean, we're just really lucky that Uber was, it was just that really interesting chapter when, when they, they were just, just starting and they just disrupted an industry Completely. and it was just to be in the thick of it and watch the disruption, watch the creation of, you know, a new opportunities and this to take this traditional model that you had to have all these clients and you had to have this great kind of, you know, caliber of, you know, um, already had, you know, a long list of customers to be able to survive and then they just this one tech moment and it just, Turned it you know. Turned its head. Completely. Do, have you, do you still have cars? No, you don't do that. We did realized you, that. Did you yeah, we realized that? that it was it was. Why would somebody work for me and drive our cars when they could very easily, when it was changing, you know, it was very easy to get your own car yep. and jump on the platform. People could work for themselves. So we sold our cars to our drivers and yeah, nice. exited. Nice. And did um, have you been watching the launches of, of Sheba as that happened? Yeah, yeah, I do. I think it's really interesting. It's clever, I, I, isn't it? Absolutely. And being on the other side of it, having, knowing, you know, little things like 
if you carried a car seat in your boot, that meant that you had lower boot capacity, which meant that you couldn't pick up, Maybe you know, certain airport. international travellers. Yeah, Whereas right. so now this, they've seen that as an opportunity and said, we own that space. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no, I love it. And also the picking up kids from school, I really loved about it because I know at one stage one of my kids who goes to school on the other side of town, I can't remember what he did, hurt his foot, whatever it was, but I sent a taxi to go and get him and the guy didn't pick him up. And when I rang them and said, hang on a minute, why isn't there anyone there? They went, oh, we couldn't find him, so we left. And I just remember that moment thinking if you were really relying on kids with with being picked up and stuff, that would be terrible. So Uber does fill that hole. Anyway, enough about about Sheba. Sheba. Mm. So what happened next? So you're doing that. So then I think then it was that business um, and then and we we exited that business and then I worked for Babyology and then um, the kids started school. I was toying around the idea of doing um, – everybody was really into granny flats then and because, my, as I mentioned, my dad was an architect. Right. I left Babyology to do – a granny flat um, kind of business with him, but then, um, you know, dad was busy and I was kind of getting pulled in a different direction as well with another potential startup idea. And, and, and then the kids started school and really that was just the culmination of everything. And I said to my husband, big chunks of the day. (laughs) Yeah. And and I said, okay, all right, I see this opportunity. I feel the pain point. I I can see how technology could be that matching piece in the middle. And I said to my husband, I really want to have a go at this. And he, you know, he's great. We're very supportive and said, off you go. And I'm not tech. I'm not a tech founder. So I I literally pulled together, cobbled together from the off the shelf, you know, a CRM and a and a Oh my God, you built it yourself. The very basic version was me with oh basic tools. Oh, my that Joanna, that's amazing. Yeah. Okay, so you taught yourself. I did and I had no money, zero money, amazing. and I said, all right, I was the spinning the plates in between all of the systems and um, I set up, you know, basic onboarding and I built a basic front-end website and then yeah. I turned over, you know, a, a, you know, $50,000 worth of revenue and I went, all right, there's something here. Yeah. Um. So then Time I to thought, invest. all right, yeah. So then I, I was tripped and stumbled and met two tech co-founders who joined joined the party and we rebranded the company. Oh, and clever. So you didn't have to raise equity. You didn't go on a capital stage. raise. You managed to get these two guys to come in with you. Great idea. Yeah. So Catherine and Alan joined um, joined then and we actually started the business called Square Peg Agency and right. we did um, 18, 18 months a pilot, a, you know, a bit more of an automated platform that they built. Yeah. Um, they live in Ballarat. I was living in Sydney and we were this remote, we were living, Love the, living the dream. Yep. And, um, and then in that time I moved from the northern beaches of Sydney down towards Wollongong. And, and, and I, why did you make that that? E change. <laughs> well, exactly because because we were in a position where we could purchase a house, and we were living on the northern beaches. We had which is excruciatingly um, expensive. It was yeah. yeah, and we were we had the, we had to make the choice. You know, do we want to buy something smaller and be all kind of squished in together? Um, friend, a lovely friend of mine had moved down to Thoreau, and which is just beautiful. Just yeah. yeah, and she said, "Come down and visit," and I said, "Went down and just thought." This is this is ticks all the boxes. We could you know, do this. this. Yeah, we could do this, and so we did. And we bought a lovely house, and I'm sitting here. Look, I can look out the window at the ocean as oh, we talk. And <laughs> I'm very um, jealous. Yeah. So 
So then we moved down here and at the same time I was involved, um, I was investigating, you know, accelerating the business and, and potentially, you know, adding fuel to the fire and that that did, was going to mean investment. So yeah. what did I need to do to get investment ready? I needed to um, and also the labour hire laws were changing around gig workers right. and that kind of freelance industry was very grey and a lot of our work we were kind of looking at and saying, well, actually we'd love to be able to offer a labour hire umbrella solution which took care of tax and super and insurances. So all the pieces were, you know, we were moving on that path and so I did um, the E3 program with Springboard Enterprises for okay. female founders, which was great. And oh, then that's I good did, to know. Yes, yeah, no, no, I, Noga Edelstein I've, yes. is, is amazing and I've interviewed her. Yes. Um, I love Noga. Yep. She's, she's an amazing founder and she's also, you know, very supportive. Um, so she was part of that program. And right. Um, and then did an accelerator program at the University of Wollongong, which is called iAccelerate, yep. which really was getting all the fundamentals and foundations ready for investment. And then we started our capital raising journey. And <laughs> how was that? Tell me about that because that's something that I'm you going through. You can see the grey hairs, Jules. That's what you'd – those are all – yes. It's um, – look, it's not for the faint-hearted. It's very emotional. It's very – it's – Oh, look, you know, you learn a lot about yourself, about your business partners, about your business model, and it's. Um, I think everybody has a very unique journey, but it is challenging. We were fortunate that we um, had a wonderful um, VC that backed us from the start, and then we were kind where, of. Where did you t- find them? So they they sit behind I Accelerate at okay, the university. Okay, so you got an intro there. Yep. We got an intro there and then they said, all right, we like what you're doing, you're in market, you've got traction, we'll, um, you know, we'd love to, you know, see what you can, who else you can attract to your round. Um, and then, Isn't that a pain that they do that? Yeah. I mean, I'm in the middle of it at the moment and they're like, if you can find someone to do this bit, we'll yes. match it. And it's like, why can't yes. you be the first one and we'll find someone to match you? But Honestly, no one wants to take that risk. I know, I know. And it's, you know, there's a lot of conversation around what should your pitch deck look like and all the slides and so forth. But I found that, you know, the process of it and all of those conversations that you've just described are really, you know, it's hard to find people to talk to about that and get that information. Yeah. So being being part of Springboard was great because I could, you know, say, hey, Noga, you know, can I drop you a note? Can I grab 10 minutes of your time? I just want to ask you how I should handle this situation or, right. you know, and even um, different founders really support were, were helpful, but then you get to the legal side of it. Once you get to the, you know, you've herded all the cats into a room, yeah. um, and and people have said, "I like what you're doing. Let's go." And then you've got to bring the legals together, and and it's there's a lot there's a lot of moving parts, and it's 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 was hard. Yeah, yeah. No. yeah. no, well, I know that it is, and I and I always love it when women have done a capital raise to share their story because <laughs> yeah. it, you know two percent of VC funding goes to female founded businesses in Australia, in Australia, and actually around the world, it's it's absolutely shocking. I know. So it's, I know. it's fascinating to hear the people that have managed to, you know, break through. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's, it is. Um, so we, we closed our round the middle of this year, so mid-COVID. Oh, <laughs> and it was a case of, you know, we were always going to be then, um, you know, we, we changed the name of the company again because we wanted to have a brand that we could potentially go overseas with. We had to make sure that it was compliant, you know, from an IP, you know, Trademark how kind did of you come up with the name Kittle? Like, how, how, Honestly, where did that come from? Is it an acronym you know, for something? It's just we, we ended up talking. I kept talking about the, the toolkit of talent and the kit, and and then I kept talking about a little bit of talent, right. and so it was just a combination of little 
talent toolkit a kit all. Oh, yeah, I love so it. it's um, great, it's great. look, yeah. So it, it, it was a it was a process definitely to to go through name changing, but now we're you know and, so it's almost sorry sorry I just no. want to keep asking you about this because I'm fascinated. So oh, yeah, you managed to land the money right in the middle of COVID. How did you feel that investors were? thinking considering you'd been through a bit of a process did they become more keen because they could see this maybe recession or whatever coming and so they're looking for investment opportunities or were they incredibly risk averse because they didn't know what was on the horizon what's your gut feeling from that we had done all of the conversations prior to COVID right so we already had attracted people that were interested for their own reasons yeah. or their own or they saw the landscape already going this direction. So COVID was really just um, right at the end as literally papers being signed kind of right. uh, point. So we already but they didn't had people. back out, which I think is no. really interesting because some people have had other experiences, so that's great. Absolutely. So, no, they were all, it was a combination of, um, you know, high net worth individuals and the VC that was solid. Yeah. Um, and I think those investors were all were, were comfortably in a position to be able to see it through. Right, great. Okay, so you get the money in June. What happens with it? What can you do? <laughs> well, I had a wild Went on a massive card. No, yeah, 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 totally. No, um, you just. I, I think it took. To be honest with you, I think it took me a little while to catch my breath and be able to go again. Right. Because it was such a process. Yeah, yeah. And so there was a little bit of regrouping and a bit of a. Wow, this has really happened. Let's just check the bank account again. No, it really is there. <laughs> um, and then we set about, as I, I've mentioned before, the, the labor hire bit was important to us. And how did we structure the business to be able to offer, you know, a, a compliant governed platform? Right. So that, so then we started to do two things simultaneously with digging into the compliance and, and getting ready from a legal point of view, but also, um, building out, uh, you know, a better version of a platform. Right. So my two co-founders started working on, you know, what, what was that going to look like and what was the functionality going to be? Um, and then at the same time, I was kind of digging into the labor hire and the legalities and getting set up from that side of things. Right. And did you decide to build on and improve what you already had or did you just start from scratch? At, at the same time so that you could just swap them over when the time came. Yeah, no, we had to really um, start again in terms of what we knew that the technology had improved so much in right. that time. That was we, we were kind of like there's no point building on staying on the platform that we were, but we'd learned a lot as well about what to now build and what was the important functionality. So there was a lot of learning we could take across. Yeah, great. But but it, it really was a case of let's move with, you know, the right kind of new platform. But my two co-founders are very, you know, we we run lean in terms of a company. We're very um, frugal in 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 terms of our overheads, and apparently we've got skin that's in the a, game. that's a female thing, though, as well. We're much better off with our money, and we would give much better ROI to our investors yeah. because we, you know, we understand budgeting. I guess rather yeah, than well, you know throwing big parties and buying everything expensive, we make it last. Yeah, exactly. And because we can do our tech in-house with Alan and Catherine's capabilities, we haven't had to outsource anything. Yeah, great. So we really can kind of moderate and and we're quite um, careful in what we choose to build out in our roadmap and kind of, you know, one eye on. It's, it's a funny thing when you, you know, you, you kind of get this money in and you think, all right, 
I, I don't, you're still, you're very conscious of how hard you've worked to get it. Yep. And then you're also kind of thinking, um, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to run out of cash. So I need to build enough that I can start that revenue generating machine really going. Um, and, and, you know, then you've got money coming in, but it's your money, you know, it's revenue generating. Yes, yes. Um, and then, you know, think, all right, well, what would I have to do in terms of my metrics if I was going to raise again? So it's this, you know, there's a lot to think about. Yeah, yeah. So when did you, have you launched the new platform? We have. We're in a, a bit of a soft launch phase at the moment. And being a marketplace, we really wanted to, um, you know, be able to confidently say to the people that the hire through the platform that we had the right, we'd attracted the right talent base. Um, and so that means attracting, you know, the right supply of people to the platform and getting them onboarded. So that's the so phase how, that we're in at the you, moment. Right. I was going to say, so how do you do that? Is that advertising and saying, are you looking for a great job and have you had a great job? We so everything we've done, yes, you know everything we've done historically because we, you know, we were running so kind of lean, leanly. Um, we have just had organic content that's worked for us, right? Great. So we find that content marketing, SEO, um, you know, organic kind of digital marketing, you know, posting in Facebook groups and so forth, really, it has worked for us. Yeah, great. And. At the moment, you know, it, it is that's kind of the, still the place that we that we play in, you know, yeah, blogs and, and so forth. So we're not really doing, um, you know, SEM or a lot of paid advertising. I think we're in in much more of a nurture phase with how we attract people and um, and bring them in through you know different avenues, different channels that that are a bit softer. Um, you know, but to your point, it's it's a great conversation to have with people. You know, how have you had a great career? Yeah. Um, now would you like to work differently? I mean, we're having everybody from, you know, I'll, I'll meet with mentors at I, I Accelerate or different advisors in my network and they kind of, you know, at the end of the conversation that they, they kind of say, well, could I join your platform, you know, and could I be found by more people that would potentially want to hire me, you know, whether it's for an hour consultation yeah. or a, as a retainer and so forth. And it's like, absolutely, you know, there's such a, there's such a breadth of, you know, opportunity for people. It's a great conversation to be able to have with and them. And then what about the employers? How do you find those, the people that are mm. looking for those staff? Same way? Yes. Same way. So uh, it's part of its networking, part of its uh, it's different channels in the sense that there's a strong content marketing piece for them yep. uh, as well. Uh, and we often have found that a lot of our hires have come through word of mouth yes. from our candidate supply, yeah, right. you know, and I think that there is a lovely piece around um, community, but there's also a, a lovely, um, you know, network effect as, you know, if, you, if you've if you signed up to a platform and then, you know, as a candidate and then you're sitting having coffee with a friend or talking, you know, to somebody that owns a small business and they say, oh, I really wish I could find somebody, we've found that that has been a really yeah. strong, you know, yeah, makes sense. word of mouth for us. Amazing. You're a very, very clever woman. I love all of this. So oh, um, now let's <laughs> talk about now so there may not be anyone but because this is a show um all about women for women I like mm. to ask if there have been any women that have particularly helped you along the way and if so how have they helped you and do you want to do a shout out for them and if there aren't any that's also fine but oh it's a it, yeah no there's definitely a, a list I think that 
Coming back to Springboard, there were some fantastic female founders within that network that, that not, were not only in the cohort. So there was, you know, Marianne Harris from Tap On and, you know, Sandra Perez, she's, you know, Yesterday Stories and, um, Vanui Nazarian from Kindershare. And, wow. you know, but then, but then also like Noga and, and as you mentioned before, and, and Jodi Imam from, um, you know, Springboard, she's just, right. she's just moved on to Tractor Ventures, but they're fantastic women in there that have been super supportive and people that, you know, you can have those honest, candid conversations with. But I must mention Kim Vespa, who I, I think um, you would know. Yeah, yes. so she's – I'm working closely, you know, with her at the moment. She's been fantastic as – I met her through um, – uh, you know, a female advisory women on boards program that I presented at and, and oh. um, she came on uh, as an advisor to me and said, you know, I've, she has this fantastic HR background and small business and she, you know, That's as you know, if you know, know Kim, Kim. No, I, well, if I mean, you, yeah, if I, she pulls no punches. Right. No, <laughs> she I know is a straight from, shooter. From working with Pinky, Pinky. Mackay, who's a good mate yeah. of mine, but yeah. also she had – she created a belly belt for pregnant, oh. post-pregnant women, and I met oh. her at a child. At, I used to do parenting PR, and I met her, and we did. We we did a very short. I seem to think we maybe we did a month of PR for her for her belly belt thing, which was all about put it on post-pregnancy, and it'll, you know, bring your insides back into. <sighs> into yeah. line a bit. So I didn't know she did all this other stuff. That's great. Well, I think she's just started. I, I think I'm, I'm one of the first pe- female founders right. that she's working with, but she's, she's very, she's been great. And she's I said to her, you're the kick in the butt or the wind at my back, whichever way you want to look at it, Kim, you kind of <laughs> nudge me forward and it, and it's, and it's, she's, so she's great. I've actually talking with her later on today. So, um, but you know, she brings a a very much a, you know, she's quite a savvy businesswoman with what she's done with Punk Angel and and Booby Bickies and and so forth. So, um, yeah. Oh, well, there you go. I love hearing. And I do believe that in the entrepreneurial world anyway, there are a lot of women helping other women, which is why I like to ask because nobody ever really asks that. They always assume that it's been blokes that have been helping us because, you know, I don't know why, but that's the thing. So anyway, all right, now talk about along the way on your journey, have there been, well, I used to say any successes or challenges, but actually I don't think you learn a lot from successes other than how to celebrate and go, woo, we did it. Um, But what about, have there been any times that you've just kind of gone what are we going to do now how am I how am I I going to get through this because you know because I know from my point of view when that happens to me I kind of freeze I have this Mm. and a a little bit like you were saying after you got the capital I Mm. I have this moment where I go what the fuck do I do now like I just don't know which way to go and then you know and then I get my momentum back again but no I I completely relate and I think it's you know uh, decision paralysis is a little <laughs> bit like, you know, you're, you're kind of at this crossroad. And I think that, I think that when we took on the responsibility of other people's money, yeah. the dynamics of the, of our, you know, we've been having a crack and having a go and trying different things. And it, there was this new sense of kind of responsibility that sat with you and, and fair enough, you know, you, yeah, you've, absolutely. people have backed you. Um, and I think that, now making decisions within our team is, you know, we've, I guess what we've really had to do is define our roles in the business. Right. And and for me that's meant becoming the captain of the ship, which I, I've always had the vision, but I'm a, I, I like, I guess this is probably why I've started this kind of business, <laughs> is that I like collaboration and I like connection and I like support and I like everybody to get on and teamwork. So to, to kind of, 
I think that's been a challenge to to really have to make some strong decisions about the direction of the company and back yourself in a different way. Yeah. Um, look, I think there's, there's day-to-day challenges like, you know, choosing the name of the business was a massive, you know, pain because you can, you know, being in the industry that we're in jobs and HR and recruitment, there's, you know, every every name under the sun has already been taken. But yours is brilliant, I have oh, to say. thank you. Now that I understand it, it's funny. I didn't get it at first, but as soon as you go well, little <laughs> and kid, kind of makes yeah. sense. Exactly, the little talent kit. So you know, there's there's lots of cha- there are lots of challenges, and I think that as I mentioned before, it's that looking down the track. Now that you have money, you don't want to run out of money. What do I? What metrics do I have to hit? You know, um, how fast do we have to go? Um, you know, and I, I guess COVID's been hopefully the silver lining of COVID will be that people want to work and hire yes. more this way. Yeah, I think but so. let's hope the bottom doesn't completely drop out of the economy, you know, that that there is still an opportunity, a landscape for a business like ours. I, so, think, I, I totally think there is because there are, for the, all the companies that are going under, there are so many new opportunities that are coming out. And, and, and I mean, I'm lucky because I get to interview all these women and hear what they're doing. And I, I, I can only think of a couple really that wouldn't excel through, through this period. And I also mm. think, um, innovation and, technology and women. There's a whole lot of things that are kind of on the rise at the moment that will yes. um, benefit that, I think. And I mean, I certainly, I rode the mumpreneur wave, which was when all the mums suddenly went, I'm not going back to work, which was around the early mid 2000s. They all suddenly went, I'm not going to go back to work actually. I'm going to start mm. my own business because there's nothing out there for me and I need to be able to spend time with my kids. So yeah. I think this next wave, as as you've said, will be mm. the, yeah, the, it, I love that, the E, e change. Change, and I e think, change. Yeah, and, and a lot of people that were very scared of technology or couldn't see how it would work with their business have had that light bulb moment, I think, because of, you know, God love the pandemic and all the things it's given us. <laughs> yeah, and look, hopefully we'll, you know, I, I don't, I'm not mad crazy about the word disruption, but I do think that, you know, there are so many, and I, I'll come back to my parents, I often think of them as my customer avatars, if you like. Right. And, you know, they're not people that would use a recruiter. They right. they don't have the time, you know, job boards can be quite frustrating. And I think that, you know, whilst I wouldn't describe us as a disruptor of the recruitment industry, I'd like to think that we're enabling um, a new way of of people connecting and being able to, yep. you know, um, get the get the right people in the business that they need. And I don't think that's going to go away. To your point about you know businesses are growing and changing. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so when you have a business that's as big as yours is in terms of just in terms of your life and everything, how do you juggle life and work? Only because as a female founder, if you're passionate about what you're doing, it's hard to differentiate. But some women are very, very good at compartmentalizing and going, you know, weekends, evenings after six, whatever, they're for about me and the kids and other people are like, no, I just kind of muddle my way through and whatever happens, happens. What kind of a yeah. woman are you? <laughs> so, oh, look, I... I don't check my emails until I'm at work right. in the mornings because That's I think clever. that it dra- it drags me into that headspace. Yeah. And so I, I don't open my email um, on my phone at all in the mornings at home. Um, That's a good trick. I like I just, that. Yeah, I just, uh, it just pulls me straight right. into that. It does, that it does. Wor- thinking about it and then I'm, you know, so I think for us, 
life has changed a bit this year in the sense that our home situation, my husband, it was instead of traveling four days a week um, up to Sydney, he's now home, you know, nine days out of 10 in a fortnight. Oh, uh, you know, that? If that, even if that. So he is here and which is just fabulous. And it's funny, he moved into the home office and I went, hang on a second, I, this is too, you know, you can't be on a conference call and I can't be on a yeah. conference call. One of us was taking a call in the car and it was just ridiculous in the parked in the driveway. <laughs> and so I moved actually out onto campus when it, when it was safe to, you know, okay. I took a little Clever. office. Yeah. So that's that for me has helped with the separation of home and work. So when I, you know, I don't check my emails until I'm at the office. Yep. And then when I leave the office, I don't open the laptop again. Whereas when I was at home, it was very easy to just do one more thing. You know, you'd start to put the dinner on and then you just check one more thing. And it was just, there was this bleed into work and, and home life. So for me, it's just, um, it's kind of organically, uh, you know, helped me separate the two by by moving out of home yeah, um, nice. and into onto campus. That, no, but I think it, that's really clever. Yeah. Um, okay. And now I don't know whether you've got any left. I think I've stolen your quirky fact. Is there a quirky, <laughs> another one? <laughs> uh, is there another one? No, that's my, that's my kind of up my sleeve, you know, well, it's you a know, really good one. It's a really good one. So to remind anyone who didn't listen at the beginning, <laughs> you have met Michael Jackson. Woo-hoo. I have, I have. And yes. Jeff Bridges, who I love. I love yeah, Jeff Bridges. So that's- I know. And it was, it was quite an amazing chapter. And I look back at it now and I think, wow, did that really happen? But it was, yeah, it was an amazing, amazing period yeah, working with some great fun. people. It's funny. I, I did, I started my PR career, uh, work mm. doing DVDs. And so I actually worked with a whole lot of sort of. <laughs> Famous, probably not Michael Jackson level, but you know Molly yeah. Meldrum and and um, Aussie people like that. And I think we did Chuck yeah. Norris. We did something with Chuck Norris, <laughs> and and with because I ended up doing fitness DVDs, which if you knew me is so ironic because I don't exercise at all. But the other one I did was Gillian Michaels. You know the American oh, yeah, yeah. woman who did the Biggest Loser over there. Very funny. Yeah. Anyway, uh, well, I used to work at the uh, the Truffle Group um, before I went overseas. That was one of my event jobs, and I was based at the Opera House. Wow. And I did I did all of the corporate events that were booked through the Truffle Group, uh, the catering company that were at the Opera House. So we had, you know, Pierce Brosnan and, you know, did a wow. Bond premiere there and did, oh, like Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen. Oh, you my know, God, the, the, the those. Yeah, yeah, the little ones. They look so oh. unhappy, those two girls, all the time. No, they were so timid and they just held each other's hands and looked like these two doe-eyed kind of poor little girls and... Oh, anyway, so know, and Steve they're, Irwin they're, and oh, well, crazy, yeah, fantastic, you know? yeah. No, I think you need a little bit of glam and glitz in your life at some stage. Um, okay, last questions are yes. really silly ones and nothing to do with anything that we've talked about, and only because I love my phone um, mm. and I love playing on apps on my phone. So my questions are: Are there any business apps that you use on your phone that outside of, let's say, the normal ones, banking and email and things like that? Have you found any clever business mm. apps that you use? Well, not really. Not really. I'm I'm probably not very, probably slack. And, you know, I, I do tend to wake up in the middle of the night and think of things. I don't know if that happens to you. You have kind of have these brain waves <laughs> yes. in the middle of the night and wake uh, up and think, ones. I must, 
I must get rid of this thought so I can go back to sleep. And so really I'm, I'm quite boring and just use notes and then email things to myself. Oh, and then yeah, in the morning okay. I wake up and I, you know, just I've got a little, a few little, you know, yeah, when well, I eventually well, let, well, let check give, my emails. Let me give yeah. one to you then. There's one called Otter. O-W-T-E-R, and it records your voice but it transcribes it and you get 10 hours free a month. So it's a free app. Oh, I like that. And you can just speak into it and and then you'd be able to send it to yourself as a PDF or something the next day if you want to. Oh, that's really good. There you go. That's That's my my little tip for you. Thanks. Um, And then I presume that if you don't use it for business um, in terms of apps that you probably (laughs) don't play on your phone, do you? you, uh, No, I probably just a bit of a window shopper for with the iconic maybe uh, yeah, or, okay. you know, cool. things like that. Yeah, a bit of fashion. Um, yeah, a bit of fashion. Group I think on, I got a bit of – on any of those ones? Not so much, more just, you know, thinking about um, – but I, I don't know about you, but my wardrobe is, you know, not I, everything corporate's kind of moved to the back, you know, of the cupboard. I threw out corporate. I have to admit I threw out corporate when yeah. I finished – I reckon I've threw out my corporate clothing and I used to work in a suit shop where that was my first job. So I had lots of suits and I threw them all out about 20 years ago and said I'm never wearing them again. No. And so they're gone, yes. Yeah, it's a, it's a different time now. No, and nobody kind of blinks an eye if you rock up in, you know, casual clothes as long as you kind of talk no. the talk and know what you're talking about. It's, That's right. And the smart casual. Fun. I mean, you know, you put on a nice yeah. bit of shoes and slap on a bit of lippy and you look smart whatever you're wearing. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, listen, Joe. thank you so much for this amazing conversation. Do you want to tell everyone how they can get hold of you and or start employing people through your network or even ask if maybe there's people People listening who would like to go on and be one of the people that can be employed by your by Kittle. Definitely. I think that um so our website's www.kittle kitl.co and I we are in the process of onboarding uh, you know fantastic um, marketing and digital talent, um, sales and finance. So if you've had a great career and you're now thinking, oh my gosh, I'd love to freelance, um, but I don't know how to get started. Or, you know, you think I've already got a, a side hustle going, but I'd love to, you know, my, my word of mouth, mouth has kind of, you know, I'd love to extend the reach, you know, we're a really, you know, free, affordable way to get signed up and, and create a profile that is kind of working for you while you're busy working yourself. Fantastic. Um, and on the higher side of things, you know, small to medium businesses, really, um, startups and entrepreneurs and well, lots of. We get asked, I get asked all the time about, in fact, there was just a post in the She's the Boss group this week with someone saying, I'm not sure what who I need to hire, but I need help. Where do I, yeah. what, what should I do? So, uh, well, for I, us, you only, you only, we don't charge you anything up front. We only pay upon success. Yep. So it's a nice way to be, you know, get a, a, a short list, look, meet and talk to those candidates and then say, okay, I'm ready to engage somebody and, yeah. you know, take away the kind of the pain points of, um, yeah, starting to talk to people and interview. Well, I reckon you're going to be huge and I'm going to watch this space as you oh, grow, thanks, and grow and grow. It's going to be brilliant. And you're very, very switched on and it's just such a clever idea. So I'm thrilled to have interviewed you. Thank you so much for doing it. Thank you for having me. I've really enjoyed the conversation. My absolute pleasure. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of She's the Boss Chats. For more information and to find out about our other initiatives, including our weekly lunch for female founders and our TV show, go to she'stheboss.com.au. 